and welcome to the Why Carbs Won't Make You Fat podcast. It is episode number nine, so we are speeding towards double figures. Nick is back. Josh is here too. Uh, so how's it going, Nick? All good. All good. Happy to be Friday again. Um, for any listeners that are eager to know, still no baby. <laughs> but we've been told it's possibly going to be next week. Right. So... Um, yeah, ramping up quite a lot. But nursery's yeah. finished, everything's done. We're just waiting for little man to arrive. Come, come before the storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's the, um, how's the resting heart rate right now? Uh, resting probably doesn't quite do it justice. <laughs> <laughs> Elevated. <laughs> what, is it, what, what they don't tell you is everyone tells you that before, after you have a baby, you never sleep. What actually is true is about a month before baby's due, you don't sleep mm-hmm. because you're yeah. just thinking about baby and then that just carries on. Nice. So, um, yeah, we're both a little bit tired. Mm. Yeah. But it'll all be, all be worth it in the end. Of course. Of course. Um, how about you, Josh? What's going on? Been a very long week. Um, there's lots of working. I have a split shift on a Wednesday, which uh, kind of takes it out of you a little bit because mm-hmm. um, I'm traveling between sites and there's a fair distance from where I live. So, yeah that um but no coaching's been going well and checking in with nutrition people and everyone seems well the ones that have responded um they're following what i've sent them and they're getting good results so nice nice good and like i think um people assume nutrition coaching is you dishing out this meal plan and then drilling them for not sticking to it but actually it's so much more involved than that and the biggest part of it is checking in so yeah all of the clients that tend to check in and are active and engaged tend to do really well. Funnily mm-hmm. enough, those who don't tend to struggle a bit more. Um, and yeah, obviously a bunch of reasons for that. But um, if you're listening and you're one of our nutrition clients, don't be shy of checking in because we need to know how <laughs> you're doing. So a little jab there. But most of my clients are pretty on point with that. So that's, that's all good. Um, right, moving swiftly on. Nick is bringing in the myth busting this week so you'll all be following him on instagram already so you will have seen nick's post on is orange juice really worse than coca-cola um if people haven't nick let's start with that where can they find you and follow you straight in with the plug i like this this week um you can find me at metcalf underscore nutrition um yeah try and post most weeks um to give me a shout or give me a follow even um if you haven't already um but yeah we i posted this um last week i think it was and it was just in response to our good friend tim specter um he's been doing the rounds again as he does Hmm. um and i think he was doing a podcast i can't remember the guy he was doing the podcast with i actually watched it just before i came on and i can't remember his name is it rob Um, moore I don't know. I can't remember who. I can't remember what his name was. It's really frustrating. I'm going to Google um, it and try and see if I can find one of his adverts yeah, and make him pay for me to click it. <laughs> so he was he was doing a podcast on foods that he's basically changed his mind on in terms of you know, nutrition and this kind of thing. And I think there's there's one kind of like disclaimer to put out there before we talk about this in in more depth. Just just so we're sort of starting on a level playing field and honest when this clip goes around social media it's the same sort of thing in going they're clipping kind of a five minute segment yeah from an hour long podcast so it's very easy to kind of see that with no context and then react mm-hmm. so i'll give him his dues that when you listen to the longer version there is a bit more context involved yeah. in it yeah but we can still kind of sit here and talk about the claim that's being made um, in terms of orange juice being worse than Coca-Cola. So I'll just read out the, the quote that he actually said in the, in the podcast. This is from Tim Spector. He actually said, orange juice in my view. I much rather people actually drank Coca-Cola because it's pretty obvious that's not good for you. Mm-hmm. That is a naughty treat, but nothing says it's great for you and your teeth. Whereas orange juice is ultra processed, sold as a health food, and promoted to kids as a health drink. 
it should really come with a health warning. Now, there's a yeah. few things when you kind of hear that anyway with, you know, naughty treat and all this kind of stuff is language. Mm-hmm. Treat's fine, but, you know, naughty and that kind of thing makes me a bit, you know, cringe. Yeah. Um, and he also said some things in the podcast as well. I think he, he went on to expand on it a bit more, saying that, you know, it can lead to certain types of heart conditions and cancers and all this kind of thing, which is quite extreme. Um it's a big step to make, isn't it? It's, 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 it's a big comment to make. Um, so I think the first thing I sort of looked at on this was he's classing it as an ultra-processed food. So whenever I hear people mention processed foods or whatever this kind of thing, there's there's one thing I look at, and that's the NOVA classification of mm-hmm. foods. This provides a really good scale in terms of you're starting from non-processed all the way up through to ultra processed and it gives a good sort of classification all the way along of what fits in what and it is quite a clear um, classification so they mention in theirs that fruit that has been squeezed so we put orange juice into that they would class that as minimally processed so straight away you kind of start to see that some of the things that are being said here don't Mm -hmm. quite tie up with reality so then when he's mentioning that orange juice is ultra processed we now know it's not but when you look at the same classification coke is ultra processed mm-hmm. so there's a bit of a difference in opinion on there he sort of makes it sound as though that orange juice um shouldn't be considered a health food and that has sort of no nutritional benefits because you know if you're saying it's no better than coke coke has no nutritional benefits but orange juice clearly as we all know does have some nutritional benefit so i think i put in the post that a 200 to 250 milliliter serving provides on average 14 percent of your daily requirement of potassium 100 percent of the daily requirement of vitamin c five percent of the daily requirement of fiber that's mainly in the juice that contains the pulp Mm-hmm. And 150 milliliters counts as one as you one of your five a day. Now it's important to note there that 150 milliliters counts as one of your five a day, but that doesn't mean to say that if you have 300 milliliters, that counts as two. It's just no. one, you know, Pipe. the first yeah. 150 milliliters you have is one serving. Yeah. So clearly, again, there's a there's a number of nutritional benefits there linked to drinking orange juice especially when there's the pulp involved because that does provide a bit of fiber as well and then again when you compare that to the coca-cola correct me if i'm wrong coke doesn't have any nutritional benefit it's actually uh, so i've I've got the nova up here ultra processed food group four um yeah so there's no health benefits of that so again, you can start to question the claims that are being made here. Um, I had a look at, you know, I always like to take these things into the realms of um, PubMed and the research. So for anyone listening, PubMed is a good sort of online tool. Unless you're really interested in the research side of nutrition, PubMed will be completely lost on most people. <laughs> dry, I would <laughs> it, say. Dry. It, it's a rabbit hole that is, you don't want to go down if it's not what you're interested in but it's quite good if you are to try and find some research a bit more detail on it so there was a couple of um research papers i looked at there was one that was called uh the effect of daily consumption of orange juice on the levels of blood glucose lipids and gut microbiota i think that's how you pronounce it yeah so that could be horribly pronouncing it there um metabolites and it concluded that uh, the results of the study suggested that daily consumption of orange had a positive effect on intestinal microbiota and metabolic biomarkers, which may be an effective alternative for a healthy drink. Yep. So yep. fairly positive in relation to that. And there was another study that looked at a group of studies. Um, this one had a bit of a longer name. It was the impact of orange juice consumption on cardiovascular disease risk factors a systemic review of meta-analysis and randomized control trials. 
Now they could probably start with getting a bit of a catchier name there. For <laughs> public <laughs> interest, but um, <clears throat> they do do love a long name. And this one sort of looked into a bit further because there was, you know, Tim Spector likes to talk about foods and how it impacts blood sugars and insulin mm-hmm. and all yep. this kind of thing. So this study, um, the last one I just mentioned, it was an analysis that included 15 randomized controlled trials with over 600 participants. Mm-hmm. And it looked at the benefits that were seen of drinking, I think it was up to 500 milliliters um, of orange juice per day, which is obviously a bit more than 150. But they actually looked into it and they said consuming orange juice might lead to improvements in several cardiovascular risk factors, including lower levels of bad cholesterol, uh, improve, interesting actually, improve blood sugar control, indicated by decreased glucose and insulin levels, uh, reduced inflammation. Inflammation is something else that Tim Spector mentions in the podcast. Yeah. Um, and potentially improved good cholesterol in specific groups. Now, there were limitations to that study. So again, you know, in in the realms of being open and honest, there were limitations in there where they said some things had to be um, studied further. But the main findings in there were fairly positive in the consumption of orange juice. So again, we sort of go back to Tim Spector's comments about, you know, you're comparing it to Coke. And you can start ticking off all the parts of this claim and, you know, you can start to find evidence out there that is quite, you know, it counters his argument quite a lot. There, there's actually, so I'll give you my source here so you can go and fact check it and compare it to the interview. But I, I, I Googled it. So it's brought me up Wales Online, which I assume is a newspaper of mm. Wales. Mm. Um, it was, got into them, it's the Dr. Uh, Chatterjee podcast that he That's was on. It. And That's when it. I just scrolled down, Luckily, as you were talking about the whole blood sugar thing, so the the uh, research paper that you've seen says reduces blood sugar. Tim Spector, he said that constantly drinking those kinds of drinks causes blood sugar peaks, which can in the end lead to diabetes. I'm going to stop there because that's not how diabetes works, Tim, and you know that. <laughs> You're clever enough to know that. It's got nothing to do with blood sugar peaks your blood sugar peaks all fucking day long and it troughs all day long it's supposed to do that what happens and causes diabetes if it's not naturally occurring like in a type 1 diabetic because you have um poor pancreatic function you don't produce insulin normally is you eat too many calories your body is constantly in a state of elevated calories that leads to the excess glucose kicking around your system because it ain't got nowhere else to go Mm -hmm. that blunts your insulin response that causes diabetes it's got fuck all to do with sugar spikes and people need to stop talking about them (laughs) and i i I think i i can't remember if i discussed this once before but um james smith did a really good analogy for understanding how um, blood sugar and type 2 diabetes sort of goes together so it if you imagine like the London underground, mm. so it's always go- going around all the time. Yep. That's almost like your your blood, um, what would I look like? Your veins and that kind of, you know, the, yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And the little, um, so when you, the passengers that are trying to get on the train is the sugar from the food that you eat. Mm-hmm. Now, in everyday life, sugar goes into the station, into the trains, shoots off around the city, gets dropped off in another area for storage later or for use, whatever you want. Does that perfectly, no issues. Wow. Where the issue comes in with this is in rush hours. So if it's picking up more sugar from the station, goes in the train, takes it to where it needs to go, but the door's open and there's no room on the platform, the sugar can't exit the train, if that makes sense. So the train Mm -hmm. being your blood source, your, you know, the blood in the body. Yeah. And what the, the issue that happens there is that the blood sugar remains high, carries on going around the, the circuit, and then that can cause damage to veins and other areas of the body as it goes on. So in terms of sort of trying to get a really simplistic mm-hmm. understanding of how right. all that works, it's quite a good way of viewing it. Um, 
But as we know, Tim Spector loves to go down that route, mm-hmm. which kind of leads me on to the thing of thinking, okay, so we said all this and we can question a lot of it. Why would he say that? He's not an idiot. <laughs> he's not a he's not a stupid man. But he well knows that making so there's two things here. There's the the first bit of making slightly wild claims. Mm-hmm. He knows will be picked up by the media. Yep. Certain media outlets probably more than others, because it's a clickbait headline. Yeah. That will gather attention and as we all know yeah. any attention is good attention because it yeah. drives focus onto him and, and you know what as well so when he posts that thing up online i'm not even going to there's um 24,000 likes there are 1048 comments i'm not mm. even going to open the comment section but i reckon a good 40% of those are going this is wrong yeah but the algorithm's going to go mental with all of those comments on it. So yeah, it's yeah. almost like deliberately getting shit wrong to start a conversation. Start an argument, basically, yeah. Yeah. because that's what that's what they want. So he he's doing this to sort of drive the the argument, and he would probably call it debate. Um, but it's driving more attention to his brands and what he does. Because his his whole his whole product revolves around you are so unique you need a completely personalized diet which is probably actually seven different variants they push out to you depending on whether you fall in band a b c d e or f um and it's reliant on a continuous glucose monitor Mm -hmm. giving seemingly feedback onto that which just isn't scientifically based regardless of how many dietitians he's got working for him yeah but I think it's it's also because it kind of he's saying this kind of stuff because it it almost increases the importance of people he if anyone doesn't know with Tim Spector, he owns a nutrition well I think he's partner or involved in um, the nutrition group called Zoe, and yeah, the whole part is Zo- Zoe is you know linked to yeah, initially came out during COVID, like tracking yeah. people's symptoms and things like that, and then it branched out. And that, the whole basis of Zoe is it kind of scores foods depending on how you and your blood sugar reacts to them. So it will basically say you score highly for eating an apple, so therefore stop eating apples. But actually, I don't know, fucking kiwi fruit scores you a five, so go and eat more kiwi fruit. And it's, you know, this kind of basis but i just think with this i heard in part of his podcast before he got onto the orange juice i think he was talking about his breakfast and he was saying how he used to eat um porridge or something Mm. like that and then he realized Mm. that porridge was spiking his bloods and this kind of stuff so he now goes out and he he will naturally go for a kefir yogurt with some nuts and seeds and this kind of thing Mm. and this is the bit that kind of winds me up more because I feel like the Zoe and Tim Spector and where he wants to take it when he talks about food is a very elitist view on food. Hmm. It's a very, you can adopt this approach if you have the money to do so. It's Mm -hmm. almost like you can take the next step within your nutrition and diet as long as you can pay the money to do so. You know, I think we spoke about it before. There's people on certain high streets in the UK that barely have access to any fruit or vegetables mm-hmm. they're living on high streets that's full of chicken shops and takeaways they have no access to any fruit or veg so for people like Tim Spector to come out and say oh you know you shouldn't be drinking a portion of orange juice or you shouldn't be eating this it's just shite mm-hmm. it's just elitist and it's wrong but people are lapping it up left right and center but I think what Tim should have said in this interview if he was could have said an honest man and you know if he was you know in any way trying to help people and everyone he probably should have said orange juice does have nutritional benefit you know there's nutritional benefit for for consuming orange juice but as with any food you have to be aware of the portion size that you're consuming Mm -hmm. and just because it's a healthy food doesn't give you the the remit to drink it by the bucket load yeah that's what he should have said that would have helped everyone mm-hmm. but he's he's tweaked it more 
to support his agenda. Yeah, it would have sold no Zoe membership, so would it? No. Exactly. But I just think, you know, telling people that orange juice is a bad choice, when I see this week Domino's have released a cookie with an entire cream egg inside, and society... That sounds like a acts... fantastic choice. <laughs> yeah, I won't lie. On a taste I perspective. Would... I would probably nail one quite quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but just in terms of this podcast, you know, we get people launch cookies with cream eggs in that are 400 calories a go. Mm. We get people launching portion sizes of burgers and stuff that is completely unrequired. Mm-hmm. And no one says a word. But yet we've got this dick. Yeah slamming people for drinking orange juice and it's like come on and uh, he's to... so he's so inconsistent with the messaging because it depends on how yeah. it fits his system so in one of the podcasts i've listened to him he slams on about avoid ultra processed foods he then rambles on about how red wine's really good for you because antioxidants which isn't necessarily true but then you look at the um uh list of the Nova classifications, which I've got on my screen now. Three, processed foods. So the next one above ultra processed foods, fermented alcoholic beverages such as beer, alcohol, cider, and wine. So that's a, a disjoint, right? Don't eat mm. ultra processed foods. Right, let's Google it. Tim Spector, Zoe MS. Right, Zoe MS. Let's eat this fermented gut shot. No, that's like, an, you're selling ultra processed foods like, Joe makes me laugh as well. Ah. Those gut shots, those gut shots are like three pound a go. Yeah, yeah. printing he's money. Saying, he's saying drink one of those every day. Three pound a day just on <laughs> a tiny little gut shot. Gut shot. I mean, what is a gut shot? I mean, just yeah, get some Greek yogurt or you know something from the supermarket, and you'd be perfectly fine. And then yeah. again, on that same podcast I listened with him, he talks about you don't need to do any of that stuff. You just need to make it, make your own sauerkraut and kimchi. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, it, right. it, it, it just, it just, it just. I think the final takeaway message is that I, I, what he's been clipped as saying is shit. We all know it's shit. <laughs> we, we want to kind of hear it and go, oh, that sounds interesting, but we know it's shit. Mm-hmm. There's no sense to it whatsoever. But I I do admit that what was taken on social media is a clipped um, passage of text from a wider conversation. And he does sort of go on to say that, he, you know, he doesn't um, say that people shouldn't eat any foods and this kind of thing. There's You're free to eat what you want. So I think, you know, I, I'll give him the credit in terms of he expanded yeah. on it. But he knows what he's doing with making short comments that are clickbaitable yeah and i think and we just you know as long as you just eat fruit and veg yeah don't worry about how it scores or whatever this sort of stuff don't overcomplicate it yeah yeah which is what this is all about yeah i think as well like he's he just does such a hot like half-assed attempt at doing the context and it just frustrates me Mm. did you um see that clip i sent of stephen gundry on dr mike's podcast might have been on the Instagram group. Mm. I think I basically, basically he's kind of like the American equivalent of Tim Spector. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know if he's peddling the same sort of right. products. Yeah. Um, but Dr. Mike, it was actually quite, I haven't finished watching it, but it's quite a fun episode because he actually calls them to task on quite a lot of the things that he says and a lot of the clickbaity um, topics as well. Like, uh grapes for example be caught he calls them sugar bombs and and saying that you're better off you you should just have a hershey's chocolate bar rather than grapes for example and dr mike's like you saying that being that you're you're a doctor cardiothoracic surgeon previously i think that's what his original gig was until he had some gut health issues and then he became the gut health doctor um, obviously having trained in cardiology exactly um it's not that far away <laughs> and then um yeah doc calls him out on that saying look an average american person will listen to that thinking i'm doing a good thing by giving my kids or my family grapes and then you're saying that so i'm just like okay i'll go out and give them hershey's yeah which is a pretty shit quality chocolate bar in the first place 
Um, but it was nice to see someone with a huge platform like Dr. Mike talking to someone in that similar space who's doing that mm. pretty much the same thing that Tim Spector's doing. Yeah. And there's another ep- more recent episode that Mike's done with Lane Norton, which I'm working through, which is... Oh, I've seen the clips of that Lane Norton one, actually. Yeah, it's good. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Um, there's also a clip that Lane Norton did where he sets up this podcast and uh-huh. he does like a complete Tim Spector on it and he spouts all of these facts that are like, you're like, what the fuck is Lane doing? This is bullshit. And then he just, then it's like, and here's all the evidence that supports that. And then <laughs> here's how I've hashed all that evidence together to make a stupid point. So, and he's basically just stop listening to podcasts apart from this one, obviously. Yeah. Keep listening to this one. <laughs> Keep listening to this one. Um, Right. Um, apologies to the listeners there when Josh was talking. You might have had a thump. That was me literally headbutting my microphone because <laughs> yeah. of the grapes in Hershey thing. Yeah. Uh, it just did makes you, me sad for humanity. Did you see the guy? A guy did a Instagram reel. I can't remember what his name is. And he was basically, you know, as they do, they go in supermarkets and they start shouting down the camera. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. he was waving broccoli. Brew on it, yeah. He was waving broccoli. I was, I can't. <laughs> Just, I swear he was saying, like, it's a cancer-causing... Like, I think it's a, it might be Paul Saladino, who's... Um, I think that might be him, yeah. yeah. Car- Carnivore MD or something, his handle. Oh, that knob, yeah, okay. And you, you just... Oh, God, alive. Yeah. But this, the sad, I think the sad thing is, like you said, I heard a, a stat this week. That I think in America, the the stats of Americans who, like, exercise or get two portions of fruit and veg a day is shocking like yeah. it is, it is they're probably not dissimilar to the uk you know no no yeah probably mm. not but it's like you said you know you've got someone who probably goes to the shop and goes i'm gonna buy some grapes to make a positive change and you go that's yeah. fucking amazing well done mm. and then they get on the phone on the bus and they go sugar bombs buy some chocolate and it's like oh well, i've just made the wrong choice mm-hmm. and it, it, it I think we said before, it's just continually pushing the bar away from people yeah, by confusing more and more. And I like to think that people see through it. But like you said, Tim, when you look at these videos and you see that there's God knows how many likes and comments, the message is going in somewhere. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it is. I'll, g- I'll give you like, again, like I used the, the thing when he talked about protein and eating too much protein makes you fat. That went straight into the lady I was trying to help's head and never came out again. So you screwed yeah. her up with him. Mm. Um, but it's not just him. I had a client uh, who's going through a few health issues. And I think um, now I don't know that it was the dietitian in the hospital, but that's the term that she used. So it may have been one of the other NHS staff. And I think she came in in the morning he asked her what she had for breakfast. She said, I had a glass of orange juice. And he, he and her story was that that medical professional said, don't do that. That's what's causing your fat gain. I was like, fuck off. It's a calorie surplus that's causing her fat gain, mate. Come on. <laughs> like, And also stop discouraging her from eating some fruit. Hmm. Come on. You're a professional. But this, is what, this is what I mean, isn't it? Like We're now living in a society where we're, we're actively discouraging people from eating fruit and veg. Mm. But we're sharing and promoting Domino's cookies of yeah. cream eggs and coffees that are six hundred calories a go. Yeah, like that's normal. No, and it's like no, no, no. We need to get back to the broccoli's nice. Mm-hmm. You might not think it now, but it is, and it's <laughs> good for you. Eat the grapes. Have a bit of orange juice. It's all fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I started my nutrition journey by committing to myself that I'd eat my five a day. Two portions of fruit, three portions yeah. of veg. I didn't like it to start with, did it anyway. Mm-hmm. That's where I got started. And to be honest, every time I come out, like I don't want to track calories, I don't want to eat a certain way. Like if I go away on a stag do or something, all the boys like on the next day are like, oh, Tim, you're always eating fruit. I was like, yeah, that's like my minimum, like, I'm going to feel, if I'm hungover, I'm going to feel bad any either way. That, mm. Like, we're going to eat crap food all weekend. I'm going to make sure I have an apple today. Hey. Yeah. It did can be the, that simple. Did you see the, um, talking of blood sugar, like we've spoken about it before, you know, the old glucose goddess. Yeah. Yes. She's now, she's now selling some tablets. Mm-hmm. That, oh, I that saw that. Could, yeah. That you can take to reduce your sugar spike. 
and she does these lovely graphs that you know if you eat a piece of cake your blood sugar goes whoop and then down again but if you take these tablets it's only a minimal spike apparently bearing in mind these are graphs that she's just produced herself they're not from any scientific research the map on powerpoint yeah but just but, apple but cider it, vinegar in the tabs yeah probably yeah. i think that, that there's Sawdust. a there's there's like four or five ingredients in the tablets but people were saying and she's like cited all this stuff where you know this ingredient says this but she hasn't quite worked out that when you merge a number of ingredients together they counteract with each other or they interact exactly um, they, they the medications are you on like, that it affects exactly. what food are you eating they don't yes. tend to act it's like they do when they're consumed on their own mm. so and it's kind of almost I think the worrying thing with that is it's it's promoting the idea maybe that if I have these two tablets and then eat the chocolate cake, that chocolate cake somehow becomes no, a better void. option. Ne negative. And it's like, yeah, we, need, well, we don't want to go down that route because that's... <laughs> even, even to go a further way, it's promoting the idea that a piece of chocolate cake is bad. It's not fucking bad. Yeah, mm. yeah exactly. Like it, it's in a wider context, you have yeah. to get your portion control right, and yeah, then you're yeah. fine. It's still like a potato breaks down to sugar the same as a cake does. Has it got some more yeah. nutrients in? Of course, it fucking has. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this this graph that she did that showed the spike, it kind of spiked and then went down again within the space of two hours. And she was saying that that graph demonstrates that that chocolate cake is bad because of what it does to your blood sugar. And I'm sat there going hang on like a, a blood sugar spike that goes up and down within two hours is fairly normal that's like mm -hmm. a normal yeah. response to food that's not an issue but again it's someone that's it's using the fear isn't it and it's yeah. using and that if you ate, if you ate that cake the following day it might do something different and that's normal as well yeah mm. yeah you know what, you go and do a hit class for an hour your blood sugar spikes why is that because yeah. you're releasing glucose <laughs> into your blood to fuel your brain and muscles that's yeah. its job I don't ah, think there's any. There's no coincidence here that the people that are pushing that message all of a sudden come out with some product that is apparently going to help you. Yeah. So she comes out with tablets and a diet plan that will help mm -hmm. work around this. Tim Spector will talk about the same thing: blood sugar and you know your gut. And all of a sudden, there's a gut shot in Marks and Spencer's, and yep. there's a diet plan that he can do for you. You know. Yeah, it's the it's the classic case of inventing a problem and then giving a solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's a little bit like um, do we act? Uh, my dad was a massive one for this. <laughs> he used to make me laugh, but he's like, car costs like forty five. A new car costs forty five thousand pounds these days. They should just sell one. There's an option where you don't have to buy the radio and the heated seats and all the other optional <laughs> extras, and then it'd be cheaper. And I was like, yeah. but that's what think people want these days, Dad. But he he had a point. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the point. Like yeah, you don't yeah. need CarPlay on your phone. You need you need an engine, yeah. four wheels, and a set of brakes, don't you? Like he had a yeah. he had a very good point, and it's the same mm. thing. Like uh, it's just the it's how you sell stuff. It's how Ford yeah, yeah. keep charging more for the same car every year. They just put other bells and whistles on it, and you're attracted to it because it's shiny and new. Like yeah, same in the diet world. Um, wise man, my dad. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So let's let's go and get practical then. I I'm I feel my blood pressure's raised quite a bit talking about Mr. Spencer. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you boys some questions. So we'll start with Josh. So I've got a bunch of questions that people have uh, I, I'm not gonna lie, if they haven't sent them into the podcast because we don't have enough listeners, but if you have got a question, please send it into the podcast. Um Very people honest. have asked me these questions Very over time honest. and I've saved them for such an eventuality. So one of the questions is where are we is so this lady asked me is frozen veg okay she finds it easier to portion and prep so yeah. josh what do you think okay so um yes absolutely it is okay the main thing is uh as it's fro frozen it's picked from fresh and then frozen pretty much immediately so every other every other fruit or vegetable products that is picked and then shows up quote unquote fresh on the uh on the supermarket or wherever you buy it from has already started a process called respiration so gradually it oxidizes and it's losing water and that impacts its nutritional content so it's picked it will travel maybe one to three days from wherever it's from or maybe longer 
and then another one to three days in the supermarket and then you buy it take it home and there's a question as to how quickly you'll then consume it it's not saying that there isn't any nutritional benefit from fresh fruit and veg but still it'll be slightly less than the frozen kinds so and often frozen fruit and veg is cheaper than the fresh stuff on the shelf but like i say it's um depending on budget but it's mainly the freezing process stops the enzymatic function of the uh, nutrients kind of ebbing away from it as it oxidizes in the atmosphere and gradually goes off so fr frozen stuff is all good the other thing i like about frozen actually and i recommend a lot to people so loads of people if they um are improving their nutrition they want to go with my little tip of eating a five a day mm -hmm. they'll go out there they'll get really into it they'll buy a load of fruit and veg and then have a few days where they don't get around to eating it for whatever reason and then all that fresh veg goes off and it's just they feel it's a bit wasteful um whereas pretty much i mean i know you like food safety you shouldn't leave frozen food in the freezer for more than like is it something like six josh you'll know six months or something like, yeah, I don't know, like, like yeah. something like that but mm -hmm. to be honest if you left your bag of frozen fees uh frozen peas in the freezer for a year it's probably going to be all right if the freezer has yeah. been on for all that time right so they literally keep forever mm. um like a few frozen peas in a boiling pan of water like boil the kettle 30 seconds whatever long it takes your kettle to boil mm -hmm. two minutes done there's your fresh veg on your plate. There's literally nothing quicker than frozen veg. I can't think of probably, you could probably make some warm frozen veg in the same time it takes to make a sandwich. Mm. Mm. Quite often, like when I make pancakes, I'll take some uh, frozen blueberries and raspberries out of the freezer nice. and then put them in a little saucepan and then bring up the heat and make a little compote. Nice, lovely. Good tip. And then put that on top of the pancakes with a dollop of yogurt and some honey. And that's really good. My my dog, digressing slightly, um, <laughs> when you train a puppy, they talk about high high value rewards. When you let's say you, you have some food, you ask them to do something, you show them how to do it and you give them the food. And over time, they associate doing the thing with getting the reward. Mm -hmm. And because they're smart, they're like, well, I'm doing that for that. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Dad. I want something a bit more. You know, I want a bit of cheese or something for that. Um, the highest value treat we can give Olive is some frozen peas. She goes absolutely wild for them. <laughs> I could get out a T-bone steak and she'd be like, nah, peas. Hmm. Which says something about like variety in your diet and like nutrition. Because she only eats meat. The odd, like most of her treats are made out of meat hmm. and a little bit of veg. And peas is like crack for her she just like she, she can't actually she can't actually do the thing you want because she's so excited she'll sit there and bark and stuff she can't like focus mm. it's yeah it's mental um back to well, nutrition i've got nick i was gonna say yeah i i think frozen veg and stuff is great I, i'm sort of the same i use frozen blueberries in the morning so i bowl a porridge in the microwave for a minute when it comes out stir in some frozen blueberries Go and have a shower. By the time you come back, porridge is perfect room temperature. Blueberries have perfectly defrosted yep. in the porridge. Lovely. Nice. And even like we did a spag bowl last Sunday in the slow cooker. Had some frozen peas in the freezer. Towards mm -hmm. the end, chuck a load of frozen peas in, stir them around. And you've instantly boosted the veg content of that yeah. meal. I, I also great. like um, if you're doing... Sorry, Nick. That's just say they could. Hmm. That was it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I also like if we have like a curry or something, and mm. let's say I'm let's say I'm in a little fat loss phase, and I'm not eating a big portion of rice. If you chuck some frozen peas in with the rice at the end, it makes the rice portion look absolutely mm. massive, mm. and it just bulks it out, and then just like you see that, it just feels like a bigger portion. So there's a little little hack if you're on a diet and you've reduced down your carbohydrate portions a little bit because that's where you you know that's where it makes most sense to borrow from instead of reducing the protein yeah um that's a good way to keep yourself feeling a bit fuller mm -hmm. um right on to the next question so i'm gonna put this to nick first but we can all pitch in how much do food choices matter for good nutrition 
So, uh, so I also a while back I just noticed I did a um, I did a post on this. Um, so I was referring back to that just to get some um, inspiration. So I did a um, post that was called "Can You Eat Anything and Lose Weight." So I started up with saying, "You can eat anything yep. and lose weight, but you might not necessarily want to." So and there was a what? Well, well, yeah, one of the the more well known things that sort of supports this is um, there was a guy years ago he was called mark his surname was about h a u b which i think is um and he lived in the u.s and he was a professor and he basically ate nothing but twinkie cakes if it's in america twinkies yeah, like, a little, like a little swiss roll type thing mm. like mm-hmm. a little cake thing filled with cream very american very fake very artificial um probably a very minimal nutritional value, I would say. But he basically, his diet was nothing but Twinkies. It was just ate them for his meals, and he kept the consumption of those below a certain calorie level. And by the time he got to the end of his research, he actually lost 27 pounds over the course of that time. His bad cholesterol went down. His good cholesterol went up, yeah. and he actually um, his BMI scale actually put him in. It says normal um, from obese to normal on the BMI scale. So, if you just take that, you can say anything that you eat, as long as you're under a certain calorie level within a calorie range, you will lose weight. So natural response to that is fucking amazing i'm just going to go and eat dominoes and as long yeah. as i stay under a certain thing you know it'll be great but there's a reason why you don't do that if you do do that your diet will be fairly nutritional bereft there will be yeah. there will be no nutrition in there whatsoever so whilst you will lose weight you will feel like shit mm-hmm. at the same time you know, your fiber will be down, you'll have little protein, so muscle mass will tend to go, mm-hmm. and you will just feel a pretty shit version of yourself. So what I try and kind of instill in people is understanding that you can eat any food you want within a certain calorie range controls that's your that's your bottom run of the pyramid yeah and as long as you understand that that's fine but on top of that you you build on the fact that within there you want to chuck in some nutritional content yeah so start looking at like we've said including fruit and veg including mm-hmm. the protein but i feel like understanding that you can eat anything takes away the fear of good and bad mm-hmm. foods 100% and just makes so it so less restrictive makes it so less restrictive and easy for people to get to grips with. Yep. So yeah, short answers to that. You can eat anything from that perspective, but you might not want to because you feel like shit. So try and add in yeah. the stuff that makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. And 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 also to add to that as well, those higher protein, higher nutrient dense foods tend to be more filling. So it makes it a little bit easier to stay in a calorie deficit. You will still be hungry if you're in a calorie deficit. That's a sign that you are. But it does make it that little bit easier. Because yeah. funny enough, just on that, I um, we had a Domino's the other week. Yeah. First time I've had a Domino's in ages, but mm. Harriet really wanted one. Um, it's, it's been like a little craving of hers for ages. Nice. She's, oh, let's get let's get a Domino's. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you get the pizza. And I won't go into the fact that I'm spending an enormous amount of money on a pizza where I can just go uh-huh. to the supermarket and buy pizza. Uh-huh. And I thought, this is a pretty big pizza. I'm going to probably eat part of this and I'll get full up. The weird thing was I didn't. Yeah. yeah. I, I, could just, I could just carry on. I ate my entire oh, pizza, yes. a large one, and I was also eyeing up the bit that Harriet left as well. Yeah. And I was like, this is quite a lot of food. Like, it, visually, it's a, it's a big, big amount yeah. of food in front of you. 
Yeah. But for some reason, I'm eating it, and it's not. It's almost like it's not registering. Yeah. In my stomach. And and, and yeah, that's... that's the. Yeah, that's that's the issue is that you can eat these foods very easily, and it doesn't seem to fill you up. So then it just leaves you wanting more and more. And that's another reason. So where the ultra processed foods thing is, the knowledge of that is important because the knowledge that if I go have that thing, yeah, the calories matter a bit. If I'm only relying on my feelings of fullness, that food is almost in inverted commas because I don't like the term, but designed to taste incredible and be really easy to mm. overeat. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I noticed that actually when I went skiing for, I was away for like three days, we were just staying in this Airbnb, my friends. So when we go skiing, we just a little bit self-catery. So we go in the morning, it's like local coffee shop on the way to the lift, uh, espresso and a croissant. So that's mm. breakfast. That is not my normal breakfast. So in the mornings, I was like slamming in a few more different bars. So I got strongman comp this weekend as well. I didn't take any sort of protein with me. So all week I was quite low on protein mostly carb heavy diet um not massive portions of food because we're buying a lot of our food out and it's expensive when we got back to the apartment after four days of skiing i've never eaten so many pringles as i have in those three days for a long time just like starving hungry and mm. just like empty calories but that need to like in, again in inverted commas binge is often a food quality thing yeah mm because you're just undernourished. So I was probably like a bit dehydrated, a bit low in electrolytes, very low on protein, done a load of activity in the cold. My body's just like, feed me something. Oh yeah, that's tasty. Yeah, yeah. And your body will just mm. keep your appetite high enough until you've got in the nutrients that you're missing for that day. And doesn't really care in that sense about calories. Not that your body, bodily systems can care because it's an organic organism, but it mm. helps to explain the, the concept. I think that's a... Like what you were saying there, whenever I go to uh, the in-laws to stay over, for breakfast, there's always croissants on the table. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the breakfast. Yeah. And obviously, when I was first with my wife, Harriet, I was always very polite and had the croissant yeah. and that kind of stuff. Now I'm more feet under the table. I take my own stuff and, all you know, it's fine. You provided grandkids, you're like, Britain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if I have a croissant, I like a croissant. It's very nice. Yeah. Same. I eat it, and half an hour later, I'm looking around saying, yeah. I, need, yeah. I need some food because I'm hungry. Yeah. Whereas I know if I have a bowl of porridge, mm -hmm. that'll see me through to, you know, lunchtime, and then I'm sort of getting a bit peckish around the normal lunchtime. So whereas sort of someone can look at me and go, oh, it's always the healthy option. It's not always because it's the healthy option. Mm. It's just I, I know it's going to help not go looking for the Pringles come half past 10 yeah. or, you know, I'm, I'm starting to sniff around the kitchen looking for stuff. So yeah, as much as the croissant is lovely and it tastes nice, sometimes it just doesn't do what I want my breakfast to do. Mm -hmm. So I suppose that's where you could say with a croissant, you could add in an apple yeah, you know, piece fruit. from the skin yep. and that kind of thing is going to help just fill it out a bit. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, a little bit of Greek yogurt is the other option. Bit of Greek, yeah, bit of Greek yogurt. But um, yeah, let's hope that Harriet's mum doesn't listen to this because she'll <laughs> tell me off next time I go up there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I quite often say to my clients that if they're commuting up to London or something, they're trying to get on the train in the morning and it's, it's rush, rush, rush for whatever reason. I was like, just like, see what you can hack in your environment. So can you take an apple in your bag? That's pretty easy to do. Can we take just a protein shake in your, in your bag and, you know, grab, grab your morning coffee and a, and a mm. croissant. I used to, um, if I was traveling, uh, on the motorways, I'd be like my go-to breakfast. Well, if I could, well, if I was traveling on the motorway and going on a long trip, my, for work, my go-to breakfast, I go into Costa or, um, Starbucks on the M1. And I'd buy one of their porridges mm. and a coffee and I'd take some protein powder with me and I'd stir the protein powder into the porridge, like a little bit claggy, but then that's like a really high protein breakfast. If I've got my protein mm. and have the porridge, cause I know that's filling. Yeah. Like you can always act like people think dieting is all about or healthy eating is all about 
eating very little it's about eating lots of good stuff so mm -hmm. that you don't you manage that hunger i think i think i think a good thing in there is a, someone i work with um she's been really successful in terms of how she's transformed her um herself she was she's a mum of two you know she was very much the typical office worker we're going greg's or whatever for lunch and that kind of stuff nothing wrong with greg's but in the context of what we're talking yeah, about mine's maybe yeah. the most nutritional well, yeah yeah and then she sort of turned to she started crossfit and just sort of got interested in nutrition and stuff like that and she's yep. like a completely different person now but we were going to a meeting the other day and like me and her always talk about nutrition maybe we go to meetings we always take snacks with us we're always taking yeah. stuff with us perfect and we always get the comments of, oh, here they are again, bringing their snacks, blah, blah. You're, you're always seeing it's banded around. You're always so healthy and this kind of thing. I was like, mm -hmm. this has got nothing to do with health. This is, if I don't eat during this meeting, I'm going to come out of it and I'm going to go straight to the shop to try and find anything I can yeah. to eat because I'm hungry. Mm. And I know that in the shop that's in the office, there's nothing there of any, you know, unless you want a grab bag of crisps or yeah, 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 whatever you've got in there. So by taking your own things and just sort of dripping those in your day, and it's almost like you're not allowing yourself to become starving. You're yep. just dabbing it along as you go. Mm, you yep. don't get those moments where you end up in a Greg's going, oh, that steak bacon looks quite nice. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so that's where there's a benefit to that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Agree with that. Mm-hmm. Right, shall we wrap it there? Sure. Yeah. Good. Good episode. Right. So, Josh, where can people find you on Instagram? At Josh Weebout90. So, Josh and then W I B A U T 90. That's me. Uh, cool. I am uh, Food Flexibility, all one word, on Instagram. Or you can find my website, foodflexibility.co.uk. And, Nick, where can people, where can people check out your post about food choices? Uh, I'm getting two shout-outs this episode. This is great. Yeah, you are. Uh, Metcalf underscore nutrition. And it's Metcalf without an E at the end. Yeah, very important. So don't follow one. the... Uh, don't, yeah, the one with the E at the end is a bit more... Uh, one with the E at the end. Don't, don't follow him. Doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, thank you to all our listeners for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed the little Q&A segment. Um, if you've got a question... You can email it to me, tim at foodflexibility.co.uk or send it to any one of us on our Instagram channels that we've just given you. And please remember, until next time, carbs won't make you fat.